This is Residence 104.4 FM, flipping marvellous. And uh, also on uh, Envision, I should say, on bohemianbritain.com. I'm Nick Hennigan, and welcome to another slice, another episode of Literary London, where we're, well, we're getting sort of oh, right stuck into what's been going on, literally, literary in London. Whew, that was quite a mouthful. Uh, and I'm uh, very pleased to welcome once again to the programme, Cal. Cal Dallas, who's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely saying that right, aren't I? Yeah, perfect, beautifully, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, Hennigan, you see, I've got a little I, bit of pride in there. I, I, I'll, I'll practice my Hennigan, yeah. Yes, thank you. And we've, uh, you in fact, uh, uh, we've, we've spoken about numerous things over the years. Uh, you're based in Chiswick, but obviously not an Irish poet. Um, and just just for anyone that must have been asleep, tell us about this uh, this artwork that you kind of single-handedly have driven through celebrating the life and times yeah. of WB8. Yeah, single-handedly, but with a, a good committee and, and great uh, connections around Chiswick and in the poetry world. So, so I'm, you know, ideally placed. Um, so I, I've been doing literary walks for years. We, we Anne-Marie and I, my wife Anne-Marie, poet Anne-Marie Fife, moved here. Uh, when we moved to London, uh, we came down the steps of Turnham Green Tube Station our first visit here to visit some friends and looked around and I said, oh, this is Bedford Park. This is where Yates lived, which I happened to know because I had a very pro Yatesian A-level teacher. So, um, and, and of course, you don't just arrive with your duffel bag and move into Bedford Park straight away. But we did have the aim to get back to Chiswick um, after a few flats and all that. So, so we've been here for a long time and we've discovered more and more about Yates um, in the years I've been here. So I've been doing these literary walks for a long time. Um, uh, lots of local people. I do it for the Bedford Park Festival. I did it for Coffee House Poetry, where lots of poets from all over London and the Southeast would come. And then started doing it for American academics who would bring their, their students over to London for the summer. And you know, because you've been in one of those walks, Nick. So that's- I great. have indeed, a very good team, yeah. A lovely summer outing. So, and the question was always, but why isn't there something here celebrating the fact? There was a green plaque, a Bedford Park Society plaque on the Yates, one of the Yates family houses. And um, people kept saying, but there should be something that expresses Yates's genius, you know? And, and it's not just that Yates lived here because lots of writers and artists lived in Bedford Park over the years when in its heyday, and still do. I mean, there, there's, there are many writers, artists, musicians here. But um, what was exciting about the, the the new Bedford Park in the 1880s, 1890s, was that the people who moved here were largely artists and writers. And it was in that atmosphere that, that the young W.B. Yeats, from a London Irish family, his father was a, a lawyer turned painter and, and relatively unsuccessful for a while. So um, the family were fairly hard up renting a house in Bedford Park. and um, But the father continually surrounded his family with the company of artists and arts and crafts people. Uh, the father knew William Morris very well and he was into his craft socialism. So that was kind of one of the underlying principles of Bedford Park. They were interested in Walt Whitman's poetry because that was an alternative to the old fashioned establishment view of poetry and so on. So it was a very radical place. And young Willie, although he spent his summers in Ireland and longing for the landscape and legends and folklore of Ireland, um, he would come back to London and then try and be a poet. And so, um, in a sense, it's not just the fact that this poet lived here between these two dates, which is what you see on every blue flag around London. It's the fact that this place caused Yeats's genius to, to spring up, if you like, from the very ground in which he was. So, so we got this idea. Um, uh, people kept saying, why, why don't you do something? And we went out and looked for um, a contemporary artist to express 
Yeats is, it sounds like a, a weird commission, doesn't it? Can you express Yeats's genius springing up from the very ground of Bedford Park? Uh, and we went to Conrad Shawcross, who was a young, the youngest Royal Academician, a very current sculptor and doing leading stuff all over the world. And Conrad had been playing around with psychogeometries, which I think Yeats would have loved because he was always interested in systems and science and spiritual things and so on. And came up with this wonderful spiral, like a Yeatsian gyre in gold and silver, inspired by the words of, of um, by Kieran Hines, the actor, reading Yeats's poem at an event that we ran. So Conrad came to me after the event and said, that thing about enwrought with gold and silver light, I want to make a gyre, a Yeatsian gyre, that is made out of light, that is enwrought in gold and silver light. And he did. Uh, it it cost us, um, not just Conrad's part of it, but the whole project meant we had to go out and raise uh, something close to 200,000. And that came from Bedford Park residents. It came from poets, academics, actors, people in Seattle and South Korea, people in Dublin and Sligo and uh, Inverness and Cornwall. Um, but the, the love of Yeats, I mean, I, you know, I always talk about the love of Yeats, but um, in the BBC survey of who were the most popular British poets, and you said, I said British there, although Yeats is Irish, but grew up in, in, in London, and the most popular British poets poems, Yeats has four in the BBC top 40 uh, in the survey, and no other English poet has that many. So that's a really strange thing about the relationship between Irish literature, Irish people, and, and London and England and, and English literature. So, yeah, uh, you were there, you saw this great spiral that comes up out of the ground, and hundreds of people have seen it since and, and written to us about how enthusiastic they are about it. So that's the kind of story of the, the artwork itself, lots of celebration, people from the Bedford Park Society, Hounslow Council, the Irish ambassador, um, people who supported us were very wide-ranging, Jimmy Page and Scarlett Sabet, author Polly Devlin, Mari Heaney, Seamus Heaney's widow, um, uh, Roy Foster, Yeats' biographer, you know, um, and, and lots of London poets and actors, uh, plus Hounslow Council, Ealing Council, etc. So we've had tremendous organisational support as well as lots of personal support. And we had great fun, as you know, music and tea, tea at the Buddhist Vihara. They've been great supporters as well, which is a really odd connection. But we might come back to that. It's kind of glorious that everyone did come come together. And in fact, if you'd like to uh, hear the whole ceremony, the opening ceremony, I recorded it with a, without a pop cover, without getting too technical. I forgot my pop cover, Mom. Uh, so it's a bit poppy, but you can hear the whole thing uh, on bohemianbritain.com. Um, uh, the uh, the full sort of, I think it was about an hour and a half or something that we did. Uh, and it is a glorious thing. In fact, I was, I was looking at it just last night. Um, but you always wanted it to be more than just an artwork, didn't you? You wanted the project to get sort of bigger. Um, so tell us about these, well, I say new developments. I know they're always part of the plan, but That's there's more you can do, isn't there? Well, I, th I, I mean, there are two things. One is that um, great art, and, and Rowan Williams on the day talked about great art and how it reflects our lives and so on. But if you stand and look at it, it's dazzling, and it's got Yeats's words on the plinth and wrought with gold and silver light and so on. Um, but really, somebody needs to tell the story that I used to tell uh, walking around there to understand why the, the spirit of Bedford Park and that kind of centrifugal, all its ideas as an egalitarian uh progressive, multicultural, suffragist, uh, liberal place, not just inspired Yates, but actually being the first garden suburb, inspired housing developments all around the world because it was built for um, uh, happiness and creativity rather than for profit, as most housing developments are. So telling that story, um, 
it, it, it is, it's represented by the artwork, but it, it's, it still has to be told. And there's a little signboard by the artwork saying a little about Yeats and about Conrad's sculpture and so on. But um, to really understand what the area did for Yeats, you have to walk around it. And I obviously have done that for, for years with people, but, but I'm not on tap 24 seven. So, and, and partly because Yeats was so interested in science, you know, Yeats when he was at Godolphin School in Hammersmith um, was much better at science than he was at English and Latin and French. It seems a bizarre thing. And so all through his poetry life, he was interested in systems and astronomy and, and astrology, of course. Uh, and in uh, and it seemed to me that what we needed was a kind of a Yeatsian spirit guide to take people around Bedford Park, you know. And I was inspired by the fact that it was Kieran Hines's reading of a Yeats poem that had inspired Conrad's vision of the artwork. So uh, I talked to Kieran, I talked to our webmaster, uh, Jeremy, at, at, at Lab 99 and said, you know, what can you do to condense these talks and lectures that we've been doing for years and articles that have been in the Chiswick calendar and the talks I've had with you, Nick, and, and so on, um, and, and make that all available so that someone can simply come along. And the answer is um, basically um, a, a visitor experience that you can pick up on your mobile phone, smartphone, tablet or whatever, but it's very much, it's not something to sit at home and say, oh, it's taking me on a... a a video tour around Chiswick, like one gets a video tour of a from an estate agent of, of a house, you know, and um, where it takes you into all the rooms. Uh, it's not it's not for sitting at home. It's for getting on, on the tube, get to Turning Green Station, hop off. You'll see this dazzling thing uh, outside St Michael's Church, and you go up to it and you click on it with your um, with your smartphone, and it will take you directions, images, everything. It will take you around. I mean, I can just show you in a second uh, an opening page of it, if that makes sense, if, if my camera picks it up. So so it starts off here, and I won't do the complete demo, but we can see it's Discover Yeats's Bedford Park, and you've got uh, guided walks and poetry places there. So you can either go into po poetry places mode, which lists the places that, that tell the story, uh, or if you go for guided walks, it will tell you precisely how long it takes to get round each of those. And when you come to each of those, I mean, if, if I simply pick one of the poetry places there, um, let's say I pick St. Michael and All Angels Church, it will, well, it, it will have images, but of course you'll be standing in front of the church, so you'll know exactly where you are, but it will also further down have, for example, uh, some, thing, some relevant things from the church. There's something about the pre-Raphaelite art that was influencing Yeats at the time. Um, and so if you if you look at that, you're thinking, right, well, I understand that, but what does that have to do with his poems? And so on each instance, we've picked a poem. Uh, there's the Travail of Passion, and that poem is very linked with the kind of art that's within the stained glass in the church. It's the kind of within the thinking that Yeats would have had in Bedford Park. I mean, when I first came to Bedford Park, one thing we noticed was lots of the houses had artist studios, and many of them had music studios. And those music studios then were filled with lutes and harps and, and all sorts of exotic instruments that came from that kind of 1890s interest. And so this piece, The Travail of Passion, begins when the flaming lute-thronged angelic door is wide. And of course, you're reading it here, but if you simply press on the button, then we should have... Lute-thronged angelic door is wide. When an immortal passion breathes in mortal clay, 
Our hearts endure the scourge, the plaited thorns, the way crowded with bitter faces, the wounds in palm and side. There's a heavy sponge, the yeah. flowers. I'm just going to stop that there and say, so, so you can see when you're reading this or when you're listening to Kieran reading it, and that's uh, 2022 BAFTA and Oscar-nominated actor Kieran Hines, who did such a lovely job in Kenneth Branagh's film of Belfast. And so Kieran has been a great supporter throughout it. And when you're listening to that, you're actually standing there looking at the stained glass windows at the church, uh, and you understand the impact that this had on the young Yates who, whose family went to that church from 1879 to 1900. I don't say, in fact, Willie says in his autobiography, Willie Yates says he didn't go to church every Sunday. So he, he was obviously being a little bit of a teenage rebel in his Bedford Park days, as, as many kids have done with their families. But, um, but you can see the influences there. And so we go through each of, um, 10 places. Well, there are a couple of outliers. So it's the basic walk is just over an hour. Um, and in that, we take you sort of in a little circle. You can see the map on the signboard beside the artwork, and you can see the map on the mobile phone version. And so um, one's just an ordinary house where, where some were two painters who were friends of his father's and who were perhaps the reason for, for uh, John Butler Yates coming to Bedford Park lived. But they were also interested in amateur dramatics. And that brought Yeats and the other, the neighbour next door, John Todd Hunter, who was another Irish poet. I mean, amazing that there were, uh, in fact, three Irish writers, Goddard Henry Orkin was living just the other side of the Yeats's. So in this new Bedford Park, three of the, the, the writers there were Irish. Todd Hunter was writing a play. These people were acting in it. And uh, uh, Mrs. Mrs. Paget, Henrietta Paget, who was sketched by John Butler Yeats, and... Um, persuaded her sister Florence Farr, who was George Bernard Shaw's leading lady, to come and act in their little local drama in the Bedford Park Club. And you can see from there how Yeats founded his Irish National Theatre and the Abbey Theatre. Uh, and there's a, a, a the poem there is Lapis Lazuli, which is about theatre. And then we take people around to the London Buddhist Vihara, which was the Bedford Park Club where Yeats did um, experience not only Todd Hunter's play, but Florence Farr's um, reading of it, which started him off in a whole uh, speculation about reading verse and how it should be accompanied by music and so on. Um, and from there, we take you to the Yeats's home and to another painter who lived nearby and so on. So it's um, the whole story connects. At each place, there's a little sort of one and a half to three minute talk by Kieran. Um, and then there's a, a poem of Yeats's, and there are images and directions: turn right, turn left, cross the road here. So it's 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 um, a very simple walk. And then there are the two outliers, which I can combine to. That sounds fantastic, though. I mean, and what? So you just uh, you literally just point your camera phone at the. So you come out of the tube station at Turnham Green. Yeah. And you turn right. Turn right, just, exactly. By the little island, just over there is the. The, the artwork and right. so do you need to download an app or do you just literally no, no it's it's um uh basically if you click on the qr code it says click here to start the tour and then it offers you that home page poetry places and guided walks and you either say i only want to do number three and number five because that's all i'm interested in or uh, i want to do the walk which takes about an hour or the, the two outliers which i think are quite interesting one of them is chiswick a <laughs> And when I say eight, it's not a postcode. It's Chiswick. Chiswick eight is a little island, spelled E Y O T, 
and it's the old Anglo-Saxon word for an islet, as in I-S-L-E-T. It's a, it's it's an island in the Thames, and um, he had spent a lot of time down there. And when he was there, of course, he was always reminded of this island in a lake uh, just above Sligo, uh, called and and it's. Uh, in Loch Gill, in fact. Uh, so he wrote the poem, The Lake Island of Inish Free, partly inspired by that um, and inspired by memories of Ireland. So it's worth going down there, longer walk, um, and going along to William Morris's Kelmscott House because Yeats, uh, he learned French there. He um, got involved in political debates um, and met all sorts of interesting people. In fact, I was uh, on this day, we're on the, well, it's the 19th of. Uh, uh, it's the 19th of January. Uh, 18th of January, he took his sister rather reluctantly to French lessons at William Morris's coach house. He was learning that because a group of Hammersmith socialists were going on a trip to France and he thought it would be great fun to be able to speak French. Unfortunately, um, his father said, why don't you take your sister next time? And Willie rather thought his sisters cramped his style. So, um, but, but he said they didn't say anything unkind, but I think he felt he wasn't the big boy when his sisters were with him. So, I mean, there's a whole lot of family story uh, going around. Uh, his sisters, of course, were, uh, one of them worked with William uh, Morris, another one uh, became a, a, a well-known painter and art teacher um, at Notting Hill and, and Ealing High School. Um, and they really virtually founded the Irish craft industry, which as we know, Celtic crafts are still very much part of today's world. And his younger brother, Jack, uh, became um, uh, Ireland's most famous painter. So Bedford Park produced this out of this family who were relatively impoverished Irish migrants, produced several geniuses and a whole Celtic revival, Celtic craft industry and Irish modern painting. It's a, I mean, it's a fascinating story. And it, it's, it only means popping off the tube at Turnham Green and, and you get the lot. You yeah. catch it all, yeah. yeah. I'm Nick Hennigan. Yeah. I'm Nick Hennigan. This is Residence 104.4 FM. We're also uh, on bohemianbritain.com in vision because we're recording this real life. Look at look at my look at my glasses. Look at this coat I'm wearing. No, 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 don't look at that guitar. No, it's not a guitar. What is it? You've got a lute behind you, I think. No, that's, that, that's a mandolin, yeah. Mandolin, sorry, yes. And I'm talking to Carl Dallet, poet Carl Dallet. We're talking about a rather brilliant initiative uh, celebrating the genius of WB Yeats uh, in Chiswick or Bedford Park specifically. And um, it sounds like a I mean it's, one is a brilliant idea. How fantastic is that? Um, and is it free? So you could do this it's, for free? It's completely free. I mean, again, that was the thing. We we did the walk to raise money for the Bedford Park Festival, or we did it as an event for Coffee House Poetry, and people paid for that. And um, now that we've condensed all this, created it, and of course the the development of the IT was funded by people contributing exactly as the artwork was funded. And so London Borough of Ealing, a number of poets have contributed to it. Um, and the work that was involved in it, involved myself, obviously done for free. Uh, Matthew Fay, who interestingly, one of our committee members is uh, the great grandson of Frank Fay, with whom, who was an actor and he and his brother Willie formed the Abbey Theatre with WB Yeats. So Matthew has a great interest in that. And Matthew has produced uh, and I've produced uh, lessons for schools. So we've created for the nine to 11 year age group, we've created uh, school workbooks, which cover some of the simpler version of this material. 
with, in each case, a poem, a description of the Bedford Park context, um, some images, some music that they can they can play and learn and sing, and, and it all connects with WB Yeats. And Matthew has produced Key Stage 3 lessons for the 11 to 14-year-olds in the older schools, which will actually connect with contemporary culture, but take a Yeats poem like When You Were Old, a, a poem of unrequited love, and relate it to, to contemporary hip-hop and songs and so on. So, so that's all been going on as part of this second phase. Um, we had a public lecture. We had that great reception, which was funded by Ealing and so on. Uh, and this, and we're now working on a promo video, which will go out on social media eventually, um, which will be after the the, the smartphone uh, launch. But that will um, allow, or, or we'll get it onto what's on sites and so on. So the people will then see it and think, I must make a visit to Turnham Green. And that's whether they're coming from Ealing Broadway just up the road or whether they're coming from um, the other side of the world. They will know that there's something new to see in London, something in literary London, which is what we're about. Well, yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I was just making, it's already, I, excuse me, do a thing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the winter cold today. Um, we do, I wrote and, and produced a thing called the London Literary Pub Crawl. And last week, uh, there were two Americans who'd heard about this, I think probably through our social media, but were yes. quite keen to come. And they were asking, where, where is Bedford Park? Where is that there? Uh, I mean, it's a brilliant issue. I mean, it's a silly question, but do you kind of wish you'd been around during those days? As an uh, well, it, it is interesting. We did a talk. I mean, one of the things that happened here was that at number three, Blenheim Road, uh, Yeats founded a thing called the Irish Literary Society. And of course, the Irish Literary Society in London was perhaps less important in the overall history than when he created the similar version in Dublin. And that created a cultural revival there. But the Irish Literary Society still flourishes today. Uh, a couple of years ago, they did a program for Radio Telefisher um, about Irish writers in London. And they balanced the 1890s in London with the 1980s in London. When I was first writing in London uh, and the, the poets around me, they sort of centered around poets like Matthew Sweeney, Morris Reardon, Michael Donaghy, um, Laura Dooley, who all went on to be quite important poets in the, in the both editing and teaching in London. And around that, there was a whole group of poets like Ruth Padell and Joe Shapcott and so on. So um, that's the center of, of London poetry life when when I came here in the 1980s seemed to me and around that there were artists and musicians and folk singers uh, and, and people writing plays uh, it seemed to me very much like the 1980s and the 1890s although I suppose Bedford Park in the 1890s sometimes it seems to me it's most like London in the 1960s because one of the great themes about Bedford Park not just it's liberal radical progressive etc the fact that artists from different disciplines are all working together as in the 60s you would find that the Beatles knew I don't know David Bailey and and, and uh, whoever Peter Blake and so on that that kind of cross fertilization so that was one of the exciting things about Bedford Park in the 1890s and the other exciting thing was it was pretty unique in London because if you look at Tennyson and Browning and so on, you'll find their poems are really, okay, there's the Charge of the Light Brigade, but they're really centered on European life. And Bedford Park was really focused on something much wider. Uh, one of the key people here was uh, Moncure Conway, who was an American abolitionist, meaning he'd campaigned against slavery. Another was Fox Bourne, who was campaigning against the atrocities in the Congo. Uh, but also we had um, Manchu G. Bonagri, the second ever Asian MP in Britain, 
lived in Bedford Park in the 1890s. And people think that all the Asian MPs have come since the 1990s. No, 1890s. Um, and uh, of course, what was the Bedford Park Club? Yates went along to lectures about Indian independence, about um, theosophy and, and Buddhist uh, religion. And so he became very involved in Buddhism and Hinduism. And he went on, uh, a frequent visitor with the uh, the Yeats's was Sarojini Naidu, who was a great Indian poet who was studying in London at the time, and John Butler Yeats again sketched him. The record of who they met is very often in John Butler Yeats's sketches. So uh, Yeats sort of promoted Sarojini Naidu. Manmohan Ghosh, whose brother was uh, Sri Aurobindo, who was a great Indian mystic and nationalist, um, G.K. Chetter, uh, brought Rabindranath Tagore, the great poet, the great Bengali poet, um, uh, wrote an introduction to Tagore's first translations in English um, and then went off himself with Sri Purohit Swami and translated the Upanishads, which is the sacred books that apply to both Hinduism and Buddhism. So uh, you have a Bedford Park there that is very unlike Victorian Britain, you know, where in Victorian Britain the Raj was far away and people got sent out there. But in Bedford Park they were learning from Eastern culture. And so all of that really is, is, is part of the magic of the time. I think it was outward looking, it was um, it was forward looking, and it was breaking away from some of the constraints of Victorian Britain. Whether to break away to dream of a, a, of a, a Lake Isle of Inish Free in Ireland, or to imagine um, that other religions and other teachings might have some something for us in society. So I think it's, it, that all came round again in the 60s. And, and that interest in saying there must be something outside our own narrow culture. So Bedford Park in the 1890s is very like London in the 1960s, and, and of course like London today, which is multicultural, outward looking, and yeah, you know, just a, a, a typical buzzing capital city. Yeah, it does make a difference. I mean, I had an email the other day saying, does does your uh, environment influence your creativity as a writer? And we could do another whole show about that. <laughs> but I also know, because you, you've got to go in a bit. We're talking on Zoom now, as well as being on Resonance 104.4 FM and on BohemianBritain.com and actually on YouTube. Uh, <clears throat> you can you can see Cal Howell's uh, mandolin if you uh, have a look. But I know you've got to do another call. And I hope you don't mind me talking about it, because I know you only mentioned it. And it's a sort of... A cross community uh, event that you're involved in in Ireland. I mean, we've only got a couple of minutes, but just I, I'm fast. No, fascinated is the wrong word. But it's I, talking to Andrew Slaughter, who's the MP for Hammersmith, and he was yes. saying how art, in a sense, enriches us all. Um, yeah. How does that initiative work? That you're, you're well, I mean, it, it, it's been going for quite some time, and it focuses on one individual, John Hewitt, who, in the generation before poets like Seamus Heaney. And John Hewitt was a Bel from, a, from a Belfast Unionist background, but his chosen place, the place that he wanted to spend his time, rather like Yeats dreaming of Inish Free, he spent his time in the Glens of Antrim, which is where my wife Anne-Marie Fife comes from, Cushendall, I come from Ballycastle. And so John Hewitt became a poet of the Glens, even though he was urban and unionist in background, and, and this is very much a nationalist area. And so when John Hewitt died in 1987, uh, we created a summer school at which people would meet and not just talk about poetry and landscape poetry, but poetry and politics. Hewitt kind of bridged a gap between two communities. And 30 something years down the line now, uh, he still represents that kind of strand. And it's meant much more than two communities now, of course. Politics is divided up and there, uh, Ireland is less monocultural than it was. But nonetheless, he's still somebody who represents that um, straddling two different, if you like, British and Irish cultures in the way that Yeats 
going back and forward, straddle British and Irish cultures. And that's a yeah. festival of a week of poetry, politics, music, theatre, uh, creative writing workshops, etc. Very much the sort of stuff we do in London. But um, Anne-Marie and I are sort of on the committee there and um, going on to another meeting to say what guests we have this year, what's the theme, you know, and because and, and, uh, the theme is always around contemporary politics, even though this is someone who died 30 years ago but still has a his, his idea of progressive politics still has a resonance. And as you say, the arts is a place where people can not only express themselves, but can meet regardless of tradition or cross from different traditions and share each other's traditions, vital in Northern Ireland, but vital in, in multicultural London as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, don't you ever feel like just having a couple of days off and lying down? In uh, yeah, <laughs> well, there will be a bit of a break after we get past this launch, but then there's the there's the promo video to launch, and then there it's Yeats' Nobel Prize centenary year, by the way. He won the Nobel Prize in 1923, so there will be other Yeats events down down the line, and of course in future years. But yeah, so there's always stuff to do, and it's always yeah. enjoyable stuff. Well, there is that, isn't there? Oh, Carl, thank you so much for your time. Carl Dallas, uh, a poet, uh, an entrepreneur, extraordinary man and fan of WB Yates. And uh, if you want to know any more, uh, if you uh, we will put a link on uh, the bohemianbritain.com website if you want to know any more about that. Uh, and uh, obviously, if you're around uh, West London, then uh, pop down to Bedford Park and see the sculpture and then and do the tour. It's fantastic. Thanks so much, Carl. And uh, I'll, I'm sure we'll talk soon about the next yeah. show. <laughs> I'm Nick Hennigan. This is Residence 104.4 FM, also on bohemianbritain.com. Thanks very much for your company. I'll see you next time.